Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. That's right, motherfuckers. I am here doing a goddamn podcast. Can you believe it? Well, neither can I. Um, I wanted to do an episode about Ezra Miller, and I've been trying to do this episode for a couple weeks, but like, honestly... <laughs> It's really hard to make sense of this whole Ezra Miller situation and mostly because um, you can't make sense of insanity and so when you're dealing with the actions of someone who is mentally unwell, it's very hard to make sense of it and there's so many incidents in this story that I um, struggled to create a cohesive timeline Thankfully, Vanity Fair just published an article about Ezra Miller that is pretty uh, comprehensive. And then I have a link opened to a vulture timeline of their life and career. Uh, I want to say off the top that Ezra Miller uh, did come out in uh 2019 or 2018 I believe as non-binary um they fashion themselves as this is from Vanity Fair in interviews Miller has long fashioned themselves as a Hollywood outsider and queer champion who blurs gender lines and seems to revel in provocation uh it is also said although they are very demanding in public settings to be referred to using they them pronouns and are very adamant about their non-binary status it is said by insiders that in private they don't go by they them and they use male pronouns and so a lot of the quotes in this story will sound like I am misgendering them which number one I fucking might slip up and mix like mess up because just because number one your girl is an old person and we uh you know It's harder for an old rotten brain like mine to adapt to new language. Um, Just don't even get me started on how my whole life I thought you would say a myriad of, and it turns out you just say myriad, like myriad reasons why I might fuck this up. (laughs) It's not a myriad of, it's just myriad. Who knew? Really? I just learned that like three years ago, still uh, slip up sometime. Uh, But anyways, also just because their pronouns do differ between the journalist writing and quotes from friends and insiders, um, the gender pronouns are going to go back and forth. Sorry, y'all. Also, I tend to think that And as we go on, we'll get into it, that Miller is not actually like queer or non-binary and is using it as a sort of queer baiting tactic. Um, In fact, a queer associate of Miller's says, quote, to me, those are clear instances of manipulation where it's like, are you really queer or is that just a fun way to marginalize yourself so you can be even shittier to others? unquote. And um, I honestly think there's a band called Power Bottom that I really liked when they came out, I don't know, eight years ago. I don't know what up, what they're up to now. 
but I thought they were a really great band. It was two uh, dudes, but like the main one was was quote unquote non-binary. Um, and they did obviously their band is called Power Bottom, and I. Th- think in hindsight a lot of what they were doing it was two straight guys queer baiting to seem um I don't know counterculture you know edgy um and what happened I think their career was derailed because the lead singer was using their sort of queer identity to make young girls feel safe around them and then basically pressuring young teenagers into having sex and it's totally a thing right if you think about it um back when I used to drink (laughs) heavily uh I would um feel comfortable getting wasted at gay bars like because I would like to like when I drank I like to dance and you just start feeling sexy and like rubbing up on people and um I was in a relationship and so obviously I didn't think it was okay to be doing that with other sexual like other heterosexual men um or putting myself in that situation where I might be because I'm drunk I might be tempted to cheat like I didn't feel comfortable becoming inebriated in the company of straight men it was just putting myself in a territory where I might make a bad decision that I would regret right um everyone's like well you should have more self-control guess what happens when you are drunk you lose self-control um (laughs) listen you should see what I fucking do to my cupboards of food when I'm just a little bit sleepy okay so you don't want to know what I do with the dick when I'm drunk okay it just is what it is but when my boyfriend was out of town or had his kid, I would feel comfortable going out and partying and getting wasted at gay clubs because I knew no matter how drunk I got or how horny I got, no one was going to try to fuck me. Um, you know, it turns out actually like a lot of straight guys go to gay bars for that reason because when the girls get drunk and horny, then it's like, well, you end up you know, getting to make out with chicks or whatever, because you're the, you're the one dude there that will make out with them. Um, also gay dudes love to, love to grow boobs. Uh, it just happens. Am I canceled yet? I get so worried when I'm speaking on, um, gender stuff, uh, just because, you know, I don't want to misspeak, but I'm just, to put it in perspective, I'm a 38 year old woman. I've been sober for over a decade. My partying days were, obviously then over 10 years ago and the world has changed rapidly. So you know what I mean? My reference points are at this point antiquated, but like, that's how it was at the time. That's how I hear it still is with like, well, I hear from straight dudes who go to gay bars to pick up on chicks. Um, so anyways, uh, so I think, you know, that there's this sort of idea as women that you feel safer with, men who are gay, um, or even queer or even bi, because they seem, it's almost disarming. You know what I mean? They don't have that sort of gross, creepy, predatory air that maybe like a straight up like dude has like, Oh yeah. Like Chad's, I'm going to rape people. My name is Chad. I'm a dude. You know what I mean? But like some guy wearing like lipstick and a skirt, you think, well, he couldn't possibly, rape me or 
prey on me. He is he is marginalized. He's vulnerable himself. Look, he's so skinny and frail and he's wearing a dress. He's he's broken and weird like me. Um I say that as like having been a broken and weird teenager. Um who like put myself in a lot of situations I shouldn't have been in because I was disarmed by somebody's like otherness, you know what I mean? Like we're we're both marginalized together. Like oh, we're outsiders together. So I think a lot of what Ezra Miller's behavior is in regards to their queer status is in fact queer baiting for attention, queer baiting um to be uh, provocative, queer baiting, to make young women feel safer around them in order to prey on them. I think that it is entirely um, not, I don't want to say fabricated because the ability of people to believe things and not be fully conscious of their actions is strong, right? Um, So... So, y'all, that was a really long intro to explain. If I call... If I call this person uh, a he, sorry, y'all, I'm probably just quoting somebody. Um, And by the way, I had to look up when I started seeing all these headlines who the F Ezra Miller was, because as I stated, I am an old, I don't know things. Um, I don't really keep up with a lot of things. And I can tell you because I follow award shows because I like fashion. So all the next day want to see what everybody wore. And I increasingly know less and less of who the people are. I just, I like, I go to look at their outfits and then I'm like, who that? Um, all right. So Ezra Miller grew up in New Jersey. Their dad was a publisher, their mother, a dancer. They have two older sisters. Um, their family had a home in Chelsea for their forays into the city. So they were wealthy. Um, they, uh, Ezra was born with a speech impediment, so they turned to opera to focus on control and manipulation of the breath. Um, they eventually overcame their stutter. Uh, let's see. They were, uh, they starred in an opera. That's pretty cool. Um, they were in some drama shit. They were in some indie movies. Uh, their big debut was in We Need to Talk About Kevin, which I think is a movie, uh, with Tilda Swinton about a mother whose son is fucked up and like how you deal with that, which like, I don't even know how you deal with like a kid who's scary. And I've heard, you know, I've read of families where they're just, their, their child is so unwell that they're, the whole household is scared. And what do you do when you're like, uh, yeah, my child that I love and I gave birth to instead of like, you know, normal childhood hiccups, like temper tantrums and skin knees. Um, I'm scared they're going to kill us in our sleep. <laughs> how do you deal with that? I don't know. So they did that movie. Then they were in, uh, Perks of Being, uh, a wallflower. Um, during filming of that in 2011, they were pulled over uh, for a broken taillight and they found 20 grams of marijuana in the car. Um, they were charged with drug possession. The judge dropped the case. Um, the actor had two citations of disorderly conduct. Um, And, like, they were, like, I don't feel the need to hide the fact that I smoke pot. Um, Which, like, pot is overall a pretty harmless drug, although they say it will 
Um, you probably shouldn't smoke it till you're 25 just because your brain isn't done developing and it will cause neurological changes. Um, that just is what it is. Uh, I, you know, I think they also say if you were prone to or going to develop schizophrenia, use of marijuana will unlock that earlier. Um, I was reading a thread of neuroscientists discussing the effect of marijuana on the developing brain. And um, believe it or not, I don't, I didn't really retain any of it, didn't really understand it. Um, but there is a lot of discourse around that where it's like, it's not entirely innocuous. We see it as a more innocuous drug. I definitely consider it to be safer than alcohol. Um, the majority of domestic violence calls involve alcohol intoxication. Um, you don't really hear about people who are stoned doing domestic violence. You know what I mean? They're just, they're just kind of more, uh, I guess, neutralized zoned out, apathetic. They say that people, when they're stoned, when they do get into car accidents, they're generally very low speed accidents. So they're non-fatal. Like it just is a much more innocuous drug compared to alcohol. That doesn't mean it's entirely innocuous, especially on a developing brain. And I think that will come into play as we discuss Ezra Miller, who um, has now admitted to uh, ongoing mental health problems. Um, okay, so Perks of Being a Wallflower comes out in 2012. The movie does really well. Um, they say, like, during the um, press junction for that, that they're queer. And um, I remember this quote, actually, from the time, which is really funny because it was 10 years ago. Uh, they told Out Magazine, I'm queer. I have a lot of really wonderful friends who are of very different sexes and genders. I am very much in love with no one in particular. I've been trying to figure out relationships, you know. I am very much in love with no one in particular. Really um, just struck me as someone who has no idea who is a narcissist yet is it has no idea how their functional like how their emotions function like they love the idea of being in love but they don't it's not directed at anyone and listen I was an ugly teenager who even high school boys wouldn't fuck okay and I listened to The Cure and I like loved this romantic idea of love and stuff but no one loved me I didn't have nobody to love back like there was no object of this romantic love um but the idea of being like oh yes I'm in love I have friends of many different sexes and gender um okay if you have friends friends of different sexes and genders uh, that doesn't make you queer. Um, d like, listen, sucking off people with similar gen, like similar sexual organs to yours, like that's that's where it gets queer, right? All right, you can you can slap on lipstick all you want, but if you got a donger and you put it in a vagina, um, there's not a lot of queerness going on there. I'm sorry, there's not. Uh, and I know we live in a world where half of the heterosexual couples I know, and by that I mean you have a male presenting person who was born with a penis and a female presenting person who was also born with a vagina, right? So objectively cisgendered where I'm like, okay, that one's got long hair, tits, and a pussy. They wear skirts. That one has short hair, no tits, and a peener. And... 
so I'm, I'm that seems like a dude. And then they live together and share bills and fuck each other. Um, but yet they identify as queer. And it's always kind of weird to me where I'm like, is this just because you want to feel marginalized? You want to have an identity? Like, I get it. You don't consider yourself a dude in the sort of media sense of like muscle bound action heroes. Like you don't lift weights and um, you don't watch sports. So that means that you're queer question mark. You know what I mean? It's very odd to me or like, okay, you don't really like wearing makeup. Um, You don't buy Kardashian sponsored products. You don't wear a waist trainer. That doesn't mean you're not a woman. It just means you aren't a caricature of a woman in the way that the media presents it to us. And so I think that it's like, well, this is where I get canceled and called a turf, but like, I think it's very interesting that, you know, female to male transitions have gone up 1200% in the past, um, like 10, 15 years. And I think a lot of that is rooted in misogyny because we're sold this sort of hyper feminine, exaggerated way of being a woman. And if you don't identify with that, then you are like, well, I must not be a woman. Like I don't like shopping or fake eyelashes or lip injections. So I'm clearly not a woman. And it's so interesting to me because most of the women in my family, like have never worn makeup their whole lives, have short haircuts, like, and so if they had been born, you know, 10 years ago and not 70 years ago, 80 years ago, would they not consider themselves women? Um, Because they do. They just, they still consider themselves females, but they just are like, well, we don't really, we don't want to deal with long hair and we don't have time for makeup. And like, I don't have to wear a bra because like my titties aren't really getting in my way because they're so little. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's very interesting. And so, I kind of go by the rule that people are who they tell you they are. So, like, if you tell me this is my name, this is my gender, whatever, absolutely, I don't need to understand it. I will refer to you as such. But I do think that the couples I know that I'm thinking of, which are are multiple, where it's like a penis, a vagina, they're both cis presenting, but because they're kind of weirdos, they are now they they're like, oh well, we're not we're non-binary, we're queer, and I'm like. Dude, you're like white people. (laughs) You're like a white couple in a penis-vagina relationship and you live in a $600,000 house. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That you're, like, you just be, be, is there too much privilege in your life and so you have to claim some sort of marginalization to um, not experience, like, the white guilt that you have? Is that what this is? It just reminds me of 20 years ago, Irish Americans, I mean, some people are still like this, but like people were really into their Irish heritage. And it was a way of saying like, oh, well, I'm not just like a normal white, like that's boring and privileged. Um, I'm Irish, which then gives me some sort of cultural identity and a history of oppression. Um, And so like they were just so into it, like they were so into their Irish heritage because it gave them some sense of humbling or marginalization or I couldn't possibly be, I'm not, I'm not privileged. I'm not racist. I'm Irish. Irish weren't always conceived of as white. Um, (laughs) And you're like, uh, you're, you're grasping at straws. Um, anyways, so Ezra Miller was very much in love with no one in particular. Um, 
And so, you know, they kind of like really did a lot of arrogance speaking out about queerness and holding on and it gets better, that whole genre. And it's like just because you're in a movie on a topic doesn't make you especially an expert on that topic. Obviously, people do research and whatever, but the idea of anyone in Hollywood telling you what to do is so insane. I remember um, I saw this clip of like Anne Hathaway on Ellen and she handed out peeled oranges to the audience and had everyone do a weird breathing technique through the orange and she called it some sort of breathing and she's like okay so does everyone everyone feels better now and people are like yeah I think so yeah yeah that felt good and then she's like okay well I made all of this up so this is a perfect example as to why you shouldn't let a celebrity tell you what to put in your mouth um and (laughs) I I mean, it's just like, yeah, just because someone's famous or successful doesn't mean they inherently know more than you about everything. They definitely know more about what it's like to be on a movie set, acting techniques, you know, pre and post production, Hollywood contracts. They're definitely going to know more than you about that. Um, But they don't know anything more than you inherently about anything else in the world. And I just I think it's so crazy that these people have a career that puts them in the public eye and then they start buying into their own hype and thinking, oh, I know things. It's a very Jerry Leto thing. It's a very Gwyneth Paltrow thing. It's a very Oprah thing. Go fuck yourself. Um, it's just sort of like, okay, well, just because you have a job in the public eye doesn't mean that you're more knowledgeable or are an authority on anything other than your specific job. Why are we taking diet advice from, like, I don't know, Dr. Phil? Come on. Okay, so let's see. 2013, Miller, uh, on behalf of Greenpeace, travels to the North Pole to plant a flag for the future. Um, A capsule containing a petition with nearly 3 million signatures to protect the Arctic. They will trek with other activists who are on the front lines of climate change. Um, Maybe, someone says, uh, maybe the White House lawn would be closer. Um, Okay. Um, So 2014, Miller is cast as The Flash in the DC Comics Cinematic Universe, beating out Grant Austin, who played the character in the CW series of the same name. Why am I telling you that? I don't know. I don't fucking care. Um, Okay, 2015, he's in the Stanford Prison Experiment. 2015, they also replace an EP with their band Sons of an Illustrious Father. Never fucking heard of it, so I don't know. Um, they describe the band as helping them discover their relationship to the world and mental illness. I think there was a lot of mental illness that I did not know how to manage or deal with in the earliest times of the band. I was 15 or 16. I didn't have any real means of monitoring myself. I was also working in film and having this strange type of exposure. I was feeling insecure about that relationship to the world and what it would actually mean for me. I was blah, 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 blah. Um, anyways... They're discovering themselves through music. Good. Good for you. Wish you well. Um, 
And, uh, but also I guess that what, what we're saying there is this is early admissions of mental illness, mental health problems. Uh, 2015, they start working on the Harry Potter spinoff, Fantastic Beasts. And so Esther's pretty lucky in terms of their career, just because, I mean, these are big franchises, right? The Flash, uh, Fantastic Beasts, like this is basically setting yourself up with, with the correct financial advisor. You can have your, your future pretty much locked in if you manage like that's great money if you get a nice contract with some back-end um residuals and everything's invested and managed properly you actually might not have to work again um so this is these are all good things um blah 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 appearances as the flash fantastic beasts somehow all of this happened and i still had no idea who the fuck they were um okay 2018, and I watched this video a couple weeks ago, uh, they cosplay as Toadette from Mario Kart, and they give this weird, bizarre red carpet interview, um, and what, it was so weird, they, like, they talk in gibberish, and they act really, um, bizarre, and they're with friends who are acting bizarrely, and you can tell, like, what they're doing is, a mentally ill person's cry for attention. And sorry, dude, like, I'm going to talk down on mentally ill people and not in the way that I want to demonize them. We all have mental health problems, I think, especially coming from a background of having had mental health issues and um, really been determined to work through them in therapy and on a personal and spiritual level because, and here's why, here's why. When you are mentally ill, you are an asshole to people around you, right? If you do not try to fight your mental illness and work through it and become a better stable person, you are being a pain in the ass, a drain, at the very least, on those around you. At the worst, you are being abusive, manipulative, you are ruining people's lives as they try to take care for you, take care of you. So like, I just consider it to be a real asshole move to not admit to and deal with your mental health problems. That's it. It is a narcissistic, selfish, asshole thing to do to say, oh, well, I'm mentally ill. I can't help how I behave. Listen here, motherfucker. I need you to reach deep inside your non-binary soul. And I need you to figure out how the fuck to deal with this, especially when you're dealing with a wealthy person who has the means for any manner of inpatient or outpatient treatment that they fucking desire, right? Okay, because a lot of people, when you're working 80 hours a week and you're still broke because you have kids and stuff, it is a lot harder to deal with your mental illness. And this, I've gotten in trouble in the past for talking shit about Shia LaBeouf and his uncontrolled mental illness. And it's like, you got money, you got, you got what most Americans don't have. You have time and money, all right? So how about you deal with that shit? How about you admit that you are fucked up, right? Because that's what happens is when you're famous, there's an arrogance. When you're famous and well-off and maybe you have people in your life who are 
especially because it financially behooves them, they are kowtowing and stepping around and helping like foster your bad behavior. Maybe you don't realize that there's something wrong with you or you don't want to. It makes it a lot easier to be in denial because you have such a fucking cushion behind you. But like man up, okay? Look in the mirror, read a fucking tabloid, realize you have problems, and then utilize all the free time and free money you have to address that problem. How about you just humble yourself a little bit and go, oh, I don't know anything. I'm not God. You know what I should do? I should hand myself over to professionals who can help me. And I get it that like not all treatment is the best and not every psychiatrist or psychologist is going to be the best, but you have the time and money to fucking doctor hop and find someone who find a system and people who can help you. You have that, which is a luxury in the American world and like most people don't have time or money to deal with that. So like I just don't I don't let people just fully fucking, okay, all right, I got, I get it, you have diabetes, so what you gonna do? You're gonna, you're gonna do what my relatives, you know, my stepfamily relatives did, and just eat whatever the fuck you want, and pray, and then you're gonna die with no legs and blind, because diabetes, you know what I mean, overruled you? Or what are you, are you gonna stop eating sugar and start walking, all right? You gonna do a little daily walkabout, all right? You gonna watch some YouTube uh, yoga videos, move around a little bit, don't eat sugar, give up carbs, quit drinking, you gonna do that? Or are you just gonna let it your, your diabetes rage? Because here's the thing, even when people do all the steps to manage their diabetes, there's still flare-ups, but it's a lot better than doing nothing, and that's how it is with mental illness. Full stop, okay? And I get it when you don't feel good, it's hard when you are mentally ill, it's it's harder to get yourself together. But like that is your number one priority. Your mind and your body are your number one priority. And you know why? Because when you don't take care of that shit, you're a burden to people around you. And that's just rude. You can listen to my other podcast, Decency with DeLorean, for further information on what I consider to be a decent human being. And also, let's I'm not, I'm not acting like I'm perfect. I had a meltdown over something yesterday. And I ended up crying at work, which I cannot believe I did. And one of the cooks had to hold me while I cried. All right. And you want to hear about that? Pay me a dollar a month. Patreon.com slash sex, drugs, and spirituality. And you can hear what I fucking completely unraveled about for no fucking reason and cried at work, which is so not a me thing. <sighs> All right. So, yeah, they do this nonsense gibberish bullshit. I just, I also, due to my, my teenage and early 20s, like activism and art scene involvement, art, music, performance art, hung out with a lot of like anarcho, um, hippies, cross punks, like a lot of these little marginalized pods, weird subculture things where as an outsider, you look at it and you're like, can you just like take a shower and like stop being so crazy? Can you just do that? Like I get it. You have your point. And maybe some of your art is good, but like, also this is re really weird and creepy. Um, take a shower. Okay, in 2018, Miller and their banner interviewed by 14-year-old activist Gibson, formerly known as Dakota Iron Eyes for Sleek Magazine. And now this um, Dakota or Gibson Iron Eyes, depending on who's talking, their parents or themselves, they are a prominent activist against the Dakota. Um, pipeline and like they 
uh, have rallied thousands of people for marches. They've been interviewed by PBS, Angelina Jolie in some docu-series. Like, so they're not just some kid. They are a kid who's really Greta Thunberged their way into the spotlight for environmental activism. Um, but the important part about this is that Miller meets them when they are an underage teenager. And Ezra Miller is, hold on, let me find out when he was born. He's like a decade older than um, Iron Eyes. Uh, Ezra... Miller age because okay Ezra Miller is 29 right now and um Gibson aka Dakota Iron Eyes is 18 so they're 11 years older so at this time um the the activist is 14 years old and Ezra Miller is 25 that's a substantial age difference this comes into play later um okay <laughs> 2018, a Hollywood reporter profile, they discussed their gender and an alleged experience where they endured sexual harassment. Quote, queer just means no. I don't do that. Unquote. They clarify, quote, I don't identify as a man. I don't identify as a woman. I barely identify as a human. Unquote. Um, they claim that a producer offered to exchange sexual favors for a movie role when they were underage. Yep. Uh, the director gave them wine when they were underage. Hey, do you want to be in our movie about a gay revolution? And I said, no, you guys are monsters. Um, uh, anyways, in that same interview, Miller asked the writer if they would like to see the crossbow that Miller's character used to murder several classmates, and we need to talk about Kevin. They apparently keep that crossbow in their house. They do. And lots and lots of weapons. Why am I a half hour in and we aren't even at the weapons? Uh, okay, we'll talk about the grooming and allegations. We'll just get into it. So, um, and let's say, like, all of this stuff led up to, like, a 2018 GQ magazine cover, or a cover of not GQ, but GQ style, and Miller's on the cover, and the um, byline is, please God tell us the next generation of movie stars is going to be like this, which I think is so funny, because even at this point, I kind of find them to be problematic and nonsensical in the way that they talk in the, and they seem juvenile in the way that teenagers talk about stuff that they do not understand. When I talk about all my former political and animal rights activism, I was an idiot. Okay. I wasn't, you know why? Because I was fucking 15. Okay. I was 15 to like, let's say 25. And I went to school in America, which means that like civics and history are not great. All right. And, and also, like, I just, you just speak out on things because you learn one factoid and then you use that to form a whole opinion around a complex issue, which I consider to be juvenile thinking, although most adults today think that way. If you see any sort of political discourse on social media or in person where it's like, well, I learned this one thing and that means this and you're like well like any sort of societal or economic issue that you're talking about is so multifaceted and complex that you literally cannot surmise it in this one statement um because that's how children think um mom said i couldn't have dessert before dinner mom is mean you know what i mean like that's childish thinking okay um so <sighs> let's just get to present day and then we'll back up because the past 
two years have been really messy. I was like, it was, it was two and a half years ago where they were choking women in Iceland. And all of these incidents are just kind of like brushed under the rug. Like there's like a lot of non-disclosure agreements, a lot of payouts. Um, and it kind of, they just go away and, and Miller is able to maintain a Hollywood career, which is really problematic. And most recently, because they filmed The Flash, which had like a $200 million budget. Is that true? I see all these headlines that say that. Could that possibly be fucking true? Um, I'm not going to Google it right now. Uh, <laughs> but like it has this astronomical budget. And then since the filming wrapped, all of this stuff has happened. And so it really behooves the studio to brush these incidents under the rug because otherwise they, cause they were for a while, like certain people at the studio were like wanting to scrap the project. And then it was decided that we're going to brush these, help brush these things under the rug because we need a return on this investment of $200 million. We can't just write that off as a loss. And so like, that's the worst thing is that you have someone who's accused of grooming minors and, um, and be, and this happens in Hollywood a lot, right? Like women, minors are sexually assaulted, but, um, their, their rights and the sanctity of their body are not as important as a Hollywood studio's investment in a star. And so that star's behavior is brushed under the rug and protected and like the victims know. And so, and then if they try to go public with their claims, a whole like Oper like a defense operation is launched to discredit them, smear them, ruin their life. And then they're like, well, why even come forward with these claims? Because it's just going to ruin my life and there will be no consequences for this celebrity. Um, so anyways, so uh, all of that stuff, the choking in the Iceland um, started to uh, come out in 2020. Um, most recently he was in Hawaii and there were all these arrests. Uh, one of them was at like a Margaritaville bar. I don't think it was actually a Margaritaville, like Jimmy Buffett brand, but it had a name similar. And while they were getting arrested for, cause they came up on stage while someone was singing shallow <laughs> from the stars, from a star is born. And Ezra like walked up on stage and like stole the mic from them and started screaming nonsense and talking about how they were assaulted by a Nazi, etc. And so like the cops were called for their unruly behavior. And Ezra said, as he, as they were getting arrested, I film myself when I get assaulted for NFT crypto art. And I feel like that whole statement is really a great example of what, especially like growing internet connectivity, I think has made a lot of people really unwell. Uh, mentally, we're not meant to have so much exposure to so much information, so much social interaction, so much. It's just people's brains are short circuiting. And then since the pandemic and people have been really locked down, people are working remotely. Their only engagement with society is through the internet and like things that are not a big deal or don't matter or whatever become really bigger in their mind. I think people go have gone a little nutty to be honest even the most sane people I know just the 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 less interaction you have doing real things and by like I know with me everything comes back to like you need to move more and stare at screens less like and it's just that sort of regiment and discipline of like you need to have a 
um, physical fitness regime. Like you need to, like, I think it's important to work and engage in real things. And so if you spend all your time staring at a screen working from home and you don't have any hobbies other than scrolling Reddit or uh, TikTok, like you're going to have a skewed version of reality versus let's say you have a job, you work in a warehouse, you move boxes. So you're moving a lot for work and then you when you get home you have a hobby you're building a cabin or like um you're working on like building a schooly rv or like you have something where you're making something that's what i was getting at you're making something whether you have a model train set you build dioramas you bake you're doing something tangible and i just think it's really important for people's mental health to have meaningful face-to-face human interaction physical activity skill building and creation right like the idea that you don't learn any new skills past the age of 18 is crazy to me I don't care if you're 40 years old if there's a violin in your grandpa's attic take it to a shop get a tune-up start watching YouTube videos and teaching yourself how to play violin I just think it's really important your brain and your body want to be challenged like and like literally that is a primal urge and need of ours we do better with challenges um we become depressed and anxious when we are not facing physical and mental challenges all right and like in a lot of ways you know physical oh my god I'm so annoying but physical training teaches your body how to deal with cortisol how to deal with fluctuating cortisol levels because you're putting stress on your body. So if you are doing, let's say you do 30 minutes of circuit training every other day, just 30 minutes, you're teaching your body how to deal with fluctuating cortisol levels so that when you get stressed because your car broke down on your way to work or you your boss fired a coworker and now expects you to do all their work for no added money those sort of stresses your mind is going to handle those better because they come with a burst of cortisol but now your mind knows how to handle fluctuating cortisol levels so you can do that with more grace um anyways So anyways, I film myself when I get assaulted for NFT crypto art is the funniest thing I've ever read because I really do think it sums up the insanity that people are dealing with working desk jobs from home, clocking out from their desk job and moving to the living room and sitting down and watching TV while scrolling their phone. Like it's going to make you lose your goddamn mind and you're going to start thinking everyone is a Nazi and you got to film yourself when you get assaulted for NFT crypto art. They also screamed at the cops. I'm transgender, non-binary. I don't want to be searched for a man or searched by a man. After being called sir, the actor responds, that is an act of intentional bigotry and a technical hate crime. And I think that is so funny because it's like, first of all, Ezra Miller is not transgender. They're only non-binary in the press, allegedly not behind closed doors, although I'll respect their pronouns um, because this is a public forum and that's what they want to be called publicly. Um, And the idea that a, a police officer who's like, sir, calm down, sir. And their response is, this is an act of intentional bigotry and technical hate crime, I think is so funny. I think if the pronoun that someone calls you is the worst thing that ever happens to you, your life is going really, really well. I know that because like, I don't know, like I just, I know people who they'll get, they'll get quote unquote, like they, they're non-binary, 
they were assigned female at birth. They went by she, her pronouns until a year ago. Now they're non-binary. And now if a stranger accidentally says, oh, hey, she wanted to get in line for this, they will consider that an act of violence against them. And I'm like, okay, if a stranger thinking that you're a she, her based on like, I don't know, your titties or lack of an Adam's apple, if a stranger thinking that you are something you don't think you are is the worst thing to happen to you, you're fucking fine. Okay. I, not to toot my own horn, I have a very high IQ. I'm a gifted child. I was one of those, you know, gifted child, loser, adult. Um, I am very, educated in the traditional formal education system. I have a lot of years of higher education under my belt. I have several degrees. I am a bartender. People think I'm a fucking idiot slut all the time because obviously if you're a bartender, it means that you're a party animal. It means you're an idiot. You couldn't get another job. You're probably sexually promiscuous, all those things, X, Y, and Z. Does it really affect me? And if, if that's the worst thing that ever happens to me all day, I'm fine. You know why? Those people are still fucking paying my bills. So go ahead. You can go ahead and think I'm simple-minded and I'm this or that. As long as you don't grab me by the pussy and you want to fucking give me money because you think, oh, this poor, simple, sweet girl, fucking fine. Fucking fine. And let, don't even get me started in my young, homely, plus-size days the number of times that I was mistaken for a drag queen or trans woman because it happened a lot when I was like 21, 22 and I have photographs that kind of can explain why and I wasn't trying to be that way it just was what people thought I was and sometimes I would correct them sometimes I wouldn't because it doesn't really fucking matter they'd be like oh yeah like you're you're a, a tea girl huh and I was like no <laughs> But thanks, like, I don't fucking, care. who cares if that's the worst thing to happen to you is someone says, sir, or ma'am, listen, do I love being called ma'am as I'm at the age between young and old? Do I think of myself more as a miss than a ma'am? Yeah, but you know what, if someone looks at me and assesses it and says ma'am, and it's still a fucking, uh, it's a title of respect, who fucking cares? Grow up. Get over it. Guess what? If you were physically exhausted from working a warehouse job or, um, you know, building a garden, you know, growing your own food, um, you probably would care less. But because you are not, because you have, you don't do anything all day, you have the energy to be upset about something so trivial, fuck off. Um, okay. So... The Hawaii stuff is really weird. I'm going to get back to that. I just thought that was funny. I put that at the top of my notes because, to be honest, I feel sorry for them. They're obviously having a mental health crisis, but you've also been awful to everyone around you, so I'm allowed to laugh at you. Um, before this, this is a fucking, um, what's his name, Quentin Tarantino-style episode, when they were in Iceland two years ago, they were accompanied by Jasper Youngbear, a 55-year-old North Dakota medicine man that the actor had hired as a spiritual advisor. Youngbear seems to have stoked Miller's outsized vision of himself. Quote, Jasper was telling Ezra that he wasn't part of the movement, that he was the movement, that he was the next messiah, and that the Freemasons were sending demons out to kill him, unquote. 
And so I should also back this up and say that not only does Ezra Miller, a straight man who fucks underage girls, so really, honestly, instead of saying you're non-binary transgender, you should just say I'm a, I'm a pedophile asshole. Um, not only do are they queer baiting, but they also are one of those white people who are obsessed with Native Americans and they think that they have a Native American spirit and they have... It's a weird fetishization that I think was touched upon pretty well in Richard Grant's book, American Nomads. I forget what the reprint is called. I'm looking at my bookshelf, but I can't see it from here. But, um, but there's a particular type of white person who has like a fetishized idea of Native Americans and they will, um, you know, kind of be like, oh yeah, well, you know, the Native Americans, they were all peaceful. They all got along. They were all vegan, which is like not true, right? Like Native Americans, um, were in tribes and they were, there were warring tribes. They also lived off of the land, which includes animals. It's just so crazy to fetishize a version of a people that is not even true. And I think a lot can be learned from studying Native American history. Um, I think the Native Americans did have a much healthier, better understanding of life with the in conjunction with the earth than modern day Americans. Like, but that is just in general modern modern society is very detached, um, both spiritually and like environmentally. It just is, and that goes across the world. So if you study any sort of native culture or tradition, you're gonna be looking at a better interaction between human and nature, uh, than you are today. Um, and it's like, so one of my, one of my closest friends is a native American and, um, you know, and, and to the point where like, you know, she still goes back home, engages in tribal rituals, whatever, like she, and I ask her about all of it cause I'm so fascinated because it is so individual between different tribes, their different traditions and stuffs. And because she's my friend, I want to know about her history and her religion. Um, but like her and I talk about it sometimes because like she will have like white dudes and I've seen it happen. Like a white dude in moccasins walk up to her and try to guess what tribe she's from because they grew up next to an Apache reservation. And so they think that she must be Apache because they know what Apaches look like. They lived by an Apache reservation. She must be Apache. Spoiler alert. She's not Apache. And that it's really weird to have someone say that to you to just like walk up and be like I know what type of brown you are like it's so weird and and condescending or to be like hey you're native look at my Hopi bead bracelet like literally I've seen that happen to her it's very very odd and it's so disrespectful and I just feel like when I'm with her like I I I it's you ever know white people that have a um a situational black scent and it is so unnerving where I'm like Teresa, I know how you talk. And now because we're hanging out with black people, you all of a sudden have a whole different accent and you're using different slang. Like it's such an uncomfortable code switch. Um, and it's so where I'm just like, OK, if that's who you are and I get it, like I'm someone a little bit different with my friends than I am in a professional setting. Obviously, I'm not going to curse or um, read people for filth uh, in a professional setting. Sometimes I do, uh, but like the, I, that sort of, um, code switching that white people do or cultural 
fetishization is very uncomfortable. And Ezra Miller is that. Um, he thinks that he is Native American and he um, seduces Native American children. And like what he did with um, Dakota slash Gibson Iron Eyes was basically tell them like, you're non-binary, you know, as things kind of happen in a, a, a pod in a, in a space. And then your parents aren't accepting that you're non-binary. And so they are evil and bad and unsupportive. And you need to come live with me because it is abusive that they are not supportive of who you are. And like, if anyone watched that uh, the Deep End docu-series on Hulu about, um, what is that bitch's name? She thinks she's an indigo child and gets people to kill themselves. Oh my gosh. Hold on, you guys. I can't let this one go. I'm going to be fucking late to class tonight because I'm too busy ranting about nothing. Um, okay. The Deep and thrilling podcasting right now. Uh, it's a spiritual teacher. Teal Swan. Teal Swan. Okay, so like what she does with her followers is, um, and I should do an episode about her, I will. But she, through spirit, spiritual rituals and cleansing that involved drugs and sage and whatever, she convinces them that they were molested or they were raped or these things happened to them in their childhood that it's pretty certain did not actually happen, but they come to believe that they happened. And so when they go home to their parents and they say, hey, how did you let, how, how did you let this happen to me? I like... I went to therapy, I was hypnotized, these repressed memories came out that say that this happened to me and you let it happen or you did this to me. And the parents are like, that didn't happen. Like that didn't happen. And then the follower ends up then discommunicating from their family and moving in with Teal Swan because it's like, well, your family doesn't support you. Your family doesn't, you know what I mean? And so it's a way, and it's something that abusers do, abusers and groomers do, is you poison the person against their family or their friends or their support system, and then they end up isolated and alone. Um, let's not act like it's never happened to you, okay? We've all had the partner who tells us that our friends are X, Y, and Z. We just have. We just have. And sometimes we believe it. Um, I wouldn't know what that's like. I don't have friends. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kind of. <sighs> Shout out to Scott McNulty. He's my friend. Um, and he likes hearing his name on the podcast. So, okay. So they have this like this like Native American fetish thing, which uh, I have a quote somewhere from Dakota Iron Eyes parents about how they don't, they find that their um, representation of, of Native Americans is, is very disrespectful. Um, okay. Uh, also, uh, okay. Uh, Ezra believes that their spiritual practice is to be among the people 
which means to party. Can you imagine putting such a self-aggrandizing spin on being a party animal? I'm meant to be among the people. And then you just have to do bumps of blow so you can stay out all night amongst the people. Um, and he like tends to prey on people who are, you know, mentally ill, definitely underage, disadvantaged by saying like, I can offer you all of these things that you want, um, which most abusers do safety, security, um, et cetera. Uh, a source says he was telling these kids, you're going to be in my band and I'm going to produce your album and you can run my music studio. Whether they were visual, visual artists, DJs, kids that were in college or sometimes kids who might have been homeless, he would recruit them in a period of vulnerability and promise them all of these things. Nothing ever seemed to materialize. And what they say was he would maybe fly these kids out. But when you get to his house, you have to surrender your cell phone on his altar. You have to follow by all of his rules. He lashes out. You have to listen to him do just like rambling speeches for hours. And who would do that? I mean, you're listening to this and fuck, I'm sorry. Um, but I'm not going to take your cell phone away from you, okay? Like, I don't want your money. I don't want your drugs. I don't want your cell phone. Don't listen to anything I fucking say. What the fuck do I know? Um... And so one of these people in the orbit said, Ezra is Jesus and Dakota is an apocalyptic Native American spider goddess and their union is supposed to bring about the apocalypse. Um, and that's the real reason why everyone is so opposed to them being together, unquote. And so the weirdest thing is that like Miller and his spokesperson say that the relationship with Dakota slash Gibson has always been platonic, but everyone else is like, no, he groomed them because Dakota Gibson is non-binary, but was born a female. He groomed them and they do have this romantic relationship and they, and like Ezra practices chaos magic. Like they're probably, he's like, well, we have to have sex to bring apart, apart bring, a, bring, sorry guys. Fuck. I'm like holding pee and looking at the clock and like wondering why this is taking me so long. Uh, like we have to have sex to bring about the apocalypse. I have to fuck your underaged pussy to bring up about the apocalypse. There's no other way. And then you have a vulnerable teenager who's like, yes, because guess what? When someone has a lot of money and is a famous person and therefore has a lot of yes men in their lives, you tend to think that they maybe do know something. They are in a place of like power both financially and socially above you and you tend to listen to them especially when you don't have a full understanding of the world and you probably feel really special that this older adult with so much money and power wants to fuck your pussy and I think that any teenager who's had a relationship with any older person totally believes that like oh well I'm mature for my age or they really see something in me or they think I'm smart because they're smart they're a college professor and they want to talk to me so that means I'm really smart and I'm just so special and I'm so I, like it's so good for me to be in this environment what a win what a win instead of being like oh they're using their money and privilege to exploit me sexually because I'm a child because you don't realize that until you are an adult um so yeah yeah, this is what Ezra's belief is that they, whatever. Dakota, Dakota is a apocalyptic Native American spider goddess. Um, in 
2018, Miller came out. Oh, this is what I meant to say way earlier. Okay, so in 2018, Miller came out as non-binary and polyamorous, telling Playboy about the free love environment they created for themselves, calling it a polycule, a portmanteau of polyamorous and molecule. According to three people in Miller's circle, the polycule is less a democratic society than an ever-shifting court harem of mostly young women. And again, see, do you understand why I said in the beginning the part about the queer baiting? And it's like, you are wearing lipstick and a skirt to make young women feel safer or more comfortable around you, but are you really queer or is this just a costume used to recruit young women into your um, alleged polycule? You know what I mean? Am I really a a real housewife of Orange County type bitch, or is it a uniform that I use to recruit hot silver daddies? And you'll, I'll tell you this, it's the latter. I have a very specific type of man I'm attracted to, and d listen, I miss my mullet every day. Right now I kind of have a, I, well, I have a wolf cut, so it's kind of a mullet. But I, like, I, if I had my druthers, I would have Bobby Lee's haircut. I really would. But it wouldn't help me recruit hot silver daddies. And so at a certain point in my life, it, I realized, well, you know, if I look this way and I dress this way and I have this appearance, it helps to lure in the sort of sex that I am looking for. And that is what Ezra Miller is doing presenting themselves as this queer icon, this Hollywood outsider, this marginalized being, this pseudo-Native American, is helping them lure in underage Native American women into their harem. Okay, I continue with my quote. A friend of the actor says, uh, quote, an openly polyamorous lifestyle that's not inherently wrong to me, unquote. But Miller's situation, in their opinion, Quote, is actually a patriarchal dictatorship where Ezra controls all the sex as the man and plays the women against each other, screams at them, belittles them in front of others, unquote. And it really honestly just sounds like if you watch The Secrets of Playboy, if you read Holly Madison's book, if you've followed any of the discourse on dissecting the culture of Playboy, if you've listened to my episode about it, this just sounds like how Hugh Hefner functioned with his young girlfriends. He picked the ones who were most broken, who he was able to offer a place to stay, a quote, like a family environment, and um, then was able to play these women off of each other for power. And that's exactly what Ezra Miller is doing. Um, by the time Miller was in Hawaii this spring, the actor no longer resembled the style icon with chiseled cheekbones who once wore daring looks to Met Galas. Miller was emaciated and unshowered. That's always a sign if you, like, in clinical psychology, like, personal hygiene is generally a pretty good sign of mental illness. Like, depressed people or manic people or people strung out on drugs, generally the hygiene goes. Also, when you are dealing with, like, aging people, anyone who's dealt with an aging family member, or if you're me, aging customers who are in their 80s and beyond, generally you can see the decline when the hygiene starts to slip and it's like the hair is all of a sudden greasy, the face is half shaven, and, you know, next thing you know, within a couple months, they're in a assisted living because they can't care for themselves anymore. Um, so anyways, he's emaciated, he's dirty, he's subsisting on energy drinks spiked with rum, 
kind of not mad at that. That definitely reminds me of my 20s. Um, gas station snacks. How dare you judge me? They carry legendary food brand um, low-carb carb Pop-Tarts now at Quick Trip gas stations. Don't get me started. One day I'll start eating real food. Um, but, like, you know, if I can get a tank of gas and a couple of uh, three-carb Pop-Tarts at Quick Trip, that is going to be my breakfast. It was this morning. Um, okay, he's subsisting on energy drinks spiked with rum, gas station snacks, and medicine, according to a witness. Medicine is just a code word for whatever drug they're deciding is medicine that week. Like, this week it's mushrooms, this week it's weed, this week it's an untested synthetic cannabinoid I ordered from Russia. Um, a second person who has no... Oh, what? Okay, blah, blah, Never mind. Ignore that. Um... The actor spokesperson, spokesperson says drug use is not the issue. Mental health is the issue. Well, guess what? A lot of times people with mental health issues turn to drugs to self-medicate. And a lot of times people with mild mental health issues, they become massive mental health issues due to drug use. All right. Nothing happens in a vault, in a vacuum. Um, so for a whole lot of sucking, just like at your, your dad's house is in a vacuum because all the suck in it. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Uh, Miller is scheduled to appear in Vermont court on September 26th for an arraignment on a felony burglary charge related to the alleged breaking and entering and theft of alcohol. Okay, so this is the funniest thing. So he broke, he has this house in Vermont he bought in 2017. It's a farm. There's like blueberries and goats. There's a small, modest house where he has his altar with all his guns, which I didn't even fucking talk about. I think I'm always more interested in grooming and psychosis than I am guns. But he has all these fucking guns. There's like a flamethrower. Like it's crazy. And then they had like one of their breakdowns, their mom and their friend took all the guns and locked them all up. And then two weeks later, Miller convinced one of the friends to unlock them. So he has his guns again. Cause apparently like when he, all his guns were taken away, he was just drunk face down on the carpet for two weeks until like someone came over and was like, fine, I'll unlock your drugs. Just get up, get off the ground. So it's like this, this farm in Vermont, and so he broke into one of his neighbor's houses to steal alcohol. Totally believe it. Absolutely drug-induced psychosis behavior. Get it. Um, but Miller's representative says the actor was simply cooking with their mother, needed rice wine, and grabbed that and another bottle of wine from the home of a close childhood friend. The rep says Miller did not realize that the friend didn't want to be friends anymore. The fucking spin coming out of the reps for this person, all to, to protect a multi-million dollar film franchise, is so crazy to me. Like, it was a childhood friend, and he just walked into their house and took some stuff, and he didn't realize the friend wanted to be, didn't want to be friends anymore. I'll tell you this. If we're best friends, and you just walk into my house while I'm not at home, you just break into my house while I'm not at home, because you were baking a cake and you needed some eggs... You just, you didn't call me, you didn't knock on my door, you just broke into my house and took some shit because you needed it, even if it wasn't drugs or alcohol, even if you just, you wanted to borrow a cup of sugar, but you did so by breaking into my house, like, 
yeah, we aren't friends anymore. Even if this person did want to be friends after this, they don't want to be friends because you don't just let yourself into other people's houses. That's not how it works. Even if you have a key to somebody's house, like I have a key to my mom's house. I wouldn't let myself into my mom's house to get like to borrow some like cooking supplies without calling her and being like, hey, mom, like uh, I'm making I'm making cookies. Can I come by and get some eggs? You know what I mean? If she said, oh, I'm not home, but I have some eggs, you can let yourself in, maybe. But also, at that point, I can just go to a store. You can just go to a store. You can just get things delivered. You're rich. Get it delivered. You can afford to pay $20 delivery fee for a bottle of rice wine, which is, honestly, I feel like they stole the rice wine because they were just, they wanted to be drunk. And if you've ever seen Desperate Alcoholics, you know, they drink mouthwash. And so there's like wine, rice wine take it all but I love that yeah they didn't realize they weren't friends anymore um so yeah this guy is out of fucking control and people keep writing him excuses I do feel like he is using the queer baiting stuff um as their friend said as a fun way to marginalize yourself to be shittier to others I honestly do think it I think it's coming out of a psycho uh, it's coming out of a very mentally unhealthy thing and there's obviously god complexes involved and you're running a harem of underage girls there were several instances of there was a 12 year old recently whose parents filed a restraining order against him because they made their 12 year old uncomfortable and the 12 year old said I'm uncomfortable uh Dakota ironized parents filed to get a restraining order against Miller which was ultimately dismissed because Dakota is now 18 years old and so that didn't stick but um there have been several payoffs to underage girls for sexual misconduct with Miller and um yeah, so, you know, you guys, As also, here's my thing. Why are we doing so much to protect this person when, okay, I get it, like, the flash is already made, but also they had problems before this was made, so why are you casting this person? But, like, at this point, if you were an actor and you're just, like, a struggling actor trying to get work and you're like, wow, these studios will do anything to work with these people rather than hire one of the tens of thousands of unemployed actors who are very, very good. Listen, there's a lot of actors who are unemployed because they're not that good. There's a lot of excellent, excellent actors in the world who would love a shot. And the fact that they're being taken up by these, like, these problems, you know what I mean? Where it's like, listen, you're a fucking problem. And hopefully this is the end. Although apparently Miller's like on set doing some reshoots for additional footage for the upcoming Flash film that's been postponed a year but like hopefully this is kind of the end of hiring Ezra like they they need to get help sort their shit out maybe have a resurgence in opera or stage theater after a rebuilding period but there's no reason for Hollywood to keep throwing money at this person who has proven themselves to be a liability a sexual predator um, a fake Native American like what like just just hire someone else who doesn't come with all that baggage. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a million people waiting in line who would love that opportunity. Um, anyways, um, I hope I'm not canceled. I'm sure I've said many things that would get me that way. Um, but I guess as my um, quest to become the female Joe Rogan continues, I'll just keep saying questionable things. And um, maybe the clickbait will um, get me rich. All right. Have a happy hump day, guys. Bye.